At Freedom HealthWorks, we're focused on putting medical professionals back in control of their practices. Utilizing a structured, tailored approach to business, startup, and operations, it could make sense for you to work with our professional team to avoid expensive pitfalls and, more importantly, expedite your journey to success. As we all know, time is money. If you're involved in the practice of medicine and desire to practice free of headaches and constraints, reach out for a no-obligation consultative conversation. Call us today at 317-804-1203 or visit freedomhealthworks.com. Welcome to Healthcare Americana, coming to you from the Freedom Doc Studios. I am your host, Christopher Habig, the CEO and co-founder of Freedom HealthWorks. This is a podcast for the 99% of people who get care in America. We talk to innovative clinicians, policymakers, patients, caregivers, executives, and advocates who are fed up with the status quo and have a desire to change it. We take you behind the scenes with people across America that are putting patients first and restoring trust in American health care. For anybody who's been listening over the three to four years that we've been doing this so far, and I always hate to timestamp an episode, but it just happened, you'll know that there's a lot of pent-up frustration with dealing with electronic medical records or electronic health records. Most of the time, they are, I guess, a necessary evil would be the right way to put that. We're not going to go back to paper and charts, although a very wise person once told me that paper and pen is a form of technology. There should be better ways to do that. EMRs were that that light at the end of the tunnel. Yet here we are, two decades later, still grouching about EMRs. And God forbid, if we ever try to change EMRs, what the medical community does to those people in charge. Today, I'd like to welcome Dr. Brian Fangler, the co-founder, chief medical officer of Evidence Care, one of the few shops out there who say, you know what, we don't care what EMR you're going to choose we're still going to build a tech product that is able to come in and make your lives easier and improve patient care. Dr. Fangler, thanks for coming on to Healthcare Americana. It's a pleasure to be speaking with you today. Absolutely, Chris. Thank you so much for having me. I was trying to hide my like fanboy and just excitement of this one. I'm like, yes. So finally someone's like, well, you don't have to go and live in this ecosystem over here. We can work with a lot of different stuff. So share your insights, you know, from your evidence care side of it, share your insights on why you really decided to go out this and finally had it with so many different technology pieces standing in the way of patient and, and physician care. Yeah, Chris, it definitely is a challenge in healthcare. You know, the the burden that has been put on physicians and nurses because of the EHRs, I'm sure you know the statistics, um, but, you know, for, for folks listening, you know, the data shows that the average clinician spends 57% of their day in front of the computer and only 27% of their day with their patients. And so doctors and nurses are literally spending twice as much time interacting uh, on a daily basis with the computer as opposed to their patients. Another scary statistic, the average emergency physician makes 4,000 clicks per day. (laughs) And so when I founded Evidence Care, you know, the whole mission was how do we help empower physicians? How do we help make their workflow more efficient and easier in whatever EHR they're using? while also helping them get to the right answer for that patient and help deliver better care to that patient. So you're asking yourself how to do this, how to do this, how to do this. What was the answer that came spitting out the other side? Uh, Well, it's been a long journey. It's been a lot of hard work. Um, I think when I started the company, 
seven years ago, I thought, okay, we're going to go, you know, zero to Instagram in one year. And seven years later, we're still growing, we're still scaling, we're doing very well. But it's a long journey. It's complicated, you know, in healthcare with uh, regulations, security requirements, you know, there's the talk in healthcare of interoperability, which does not exist. So while there are standards out there, most of the EHRs do not follow them. So every EHR, you know, we ever went to integrate with, you know, our CTO calls it hand-to-hand combat um, because you got to go in and every one of them has their own proprietary APIs, proprietary ways of authenticating and having security with, you know, user identity and things like that. And so it's hard work to go in and build these. What we've done on the other side of that is, you know, we now have integrations with the three major acute care EHRs, you know, so Epic, Cerner, Meditech, uh, for patients who get hospitalized. And with that, we have plumbing where we can deliver decision support that's bi-directional. What does that mean? That means that we can ingest data from the system that's already known about the patient. We can incorporate that data into our algorithms and recommendations. We can present to the clinician, here's what's recommended for your patient based on that patient's criteria that we already know. But then the last piece and the last mile is you can execute an order from our system back into the EHR. You can place your documentation on that patient from our application into the EHR. Uh, Because what a physician or nurse has to do on every patient is they have to place orders, they have to document. And when we make those things more efficient, we give them the opportunity to use our application, make their job easier while delivering better patient care. Yeah. So, and and that sounds amazing, but I really want to dive in and really dig into that how part of it, because I I feel like, you know, just listening and and obviously, you know, researching your company, but to any of our listeners out there, they're saying, yeah, yeah, this sounds great. I've heard it a million times before. What makes this different? I, I think what makes it different is... There's a lot of companies doing data plays in healthcare, pulling data on the back end, getting CMS claims data. That's that's not hard. That's low-hanging fruit. And from a technical perspective, that's pretty easy to execute on. Where we took it to the next level and where we really think the value is in evidence care is we are in the physician's and nurse's workflow in the EHR. So we spent the time and the energy working directly with the EHR vendors so that the doctors and nurses are not leaving their EHR. They're not having to go out to a separate application. They're not getting this data 30, 60, 90 days after the patient's been discharged. They're getting all of it now at the time of patient care to help inform better care decisions. So, you know, to our audience, we have a lot of, uh, of listeners who are in direct primary care uh, or people who are interested in it. How does this apply to them where they're saying, well, I don't use those big EMRs. So why would I be interested in this type of a system that you built? Well, I, I think they'd be interested because obviously this is this is where healthcare is going and where it needs to go. And, and this is where, you know, th- there are companies doing this, you know, in the ambulatory and outpatient care space. And so to go out and, and look for those vendors that are doing those deep integrations so that it's it's not 
hey, we're going to integrate with your EHR and we're going to give you back analytics, you know, a month from now. But how are we integrated into your EHR in a way that we're making your workflow better on a daily basis and helping to inform your care decisions? And that's a big piece for us, which is, and this is the reason I started the company, was because I had a complicated patient encounter. Um, It was actually a, a woman who was 36 weeks pregnant Uh, and had a massive pulmonary embolism. So she had a massive blood clot in her lungs. Uh, And as it turns out, I'm actually an expert on that condition. I published protocols on how to treat patients with that condition. And yet, even as an expert, I still wasn't sure what the best treatment for her was because of her being 36 weeks pregnant. And so what did I do? I did what 86% of doctors do when they have a clinical question. I went to the internet. And, and unfortunately, that's where we are in healthcare today. And so that's where, after that patient encounter, it sort of gave me the initiative and drive to build evidence care because I said there has to be a better way and there has to be a way that we can take the evidence that's evolving so quickly and digitize it and bring it into the doctor's and nurse's workflow and then take those patient factors that are specific to that patient And now let's not give that physician a 232-page PDF guideline. Let's give them, here's the two things that are recommended on your patient and the evidence to support them and the data on why that's the best therapy for your patient. And that's an important piece. And I'm glad you highlighted that because there's 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 protocols in your system there's there's tools that actually help you get to that endpoint quicker it's like oh man i i remember this it has been a while like you just said yourself like my expertise was there but yet sometimes i need a i need something else to look for and kind of brush up on it i'm curious you know in the headlines we can't go a day without saying how AI, artificial intelligence is changing the world and it's it's passing medical exams, all this kind of stuff. There are people out there that are saying, hey, you know what? This robot is just going to be our doctors of the future. You present with a condition and all of a sudden it spits out at the end of it. How do you guys balance what you're doing but still maintain that? That I mean, like for instance, like if somebody walks into an office with a rash, there could be tens of dozens of maybe hundreds of different things that could actually be wrong with that person. How do you, from a systematic standpoint, from a a software piece, be able to build that workflow in there to get to an accurate result? Yeah, so we do have ML models um, built into our software. We are building more. So we're, I mean, we are all in on AI and and we recognize that that's the future, but you got to be really careful with it. Because if you ask ChatGPT a question the wrong way, you're going to get the wrong answer. So those tools are easily biased by how you ask the question and what you ask. And so we're going to have to be very careful in healthcare in the future, thinking about how we appropriately utilize machine learning and AI in the right use case and context to cognitively offload the physicians and give them assistance, but also make sure that we're not taking them down the wrong path. Um, And so your example of a patient with a rash having a computer generate a very quick differential diagnosis and summarize that and then talk about like, well, what are some of the key aspects of the rash that then are going to help you go down to narrow uh, that and, and, and say, okay, now I'm going from the 20 things to the, to the four or five things is where a software can help because no human being, even the smartest doctors 
can't keep track of everything in our heads. And that's where computers can help us. How do you guys stay up to date with the latest in medical sciences, medical research? And and I ask that because, you know, what we saw during COVID from, unfortunately, a very political politicized issue was that, you know, we had tried and true medications that are now toxic to people and vice versa and all this kind of stuff. It, it built a massive distrust, no matter who you voted for in the elections. But everybody's looking at this and saying, well, I don't think I can actually trust headlines or studies anymore because... We don't know who's paying for these kind of things. So when you're building out this machine learning, you know, like you you said, ML before and the artificial intelligence, what type of resources are you pulling from to make sure that, yeah, this is commonly accepted amongst the physician community? Yeah. So a couple different answers for you there, Chris. And COVID's a great example. I was actually very fortunate to be asked by the American College of Emergency Physicians during COVID to lead a working group to review the evidence on COVID management and to distill down uh, all that information so that emergency physicians could utilize it. So I actually co-chaired a group. uh, There was about 15 of us. um, And back in early 2020, we were meeting every week, reviewing all the new studies coming out of, uh, you know, Italy and all around the world And we actually were compiling that down into a two-page PDF document. And then as time went, you know, we met every other week and then once a month. And uh, But that group is actually still meeting today, three and a half years later. And and what the outcome of that has been is, or the output, is the American College of Emergency Physicians has their two-page PDF that emergency physicians around the world are using. And it's saying, here is the evidence for the best evaluation, testing, treatment, who needs to be hospitalized, who's safe to go home. And so the important thing is, you know, what's your source of information? Our source of information in COVID, unfortunately, was the news at at 6 p.m. or 7 p.m. And that is not the best source of medical information. And I think most clinicians would agree that they're going to go to, um, you know, their medical societies and guidelines for um, the most vetted review of the evidence to determine, you know, what is the most appropriate therapy. The second part of your question, you know, sort of to start off broad, how do clinicians keep up? The reality is they don't. It's impossible. Even those that try really hard, the evidence shows that a clinician would have to read 160 hours per week to keep up with the evidence in their specialty alone. And so physicians can't keep up And the data shows that the average uh, physician is seven to 10 years behind the guidelines. And so that's where tools like evidence care are needed. Um, Because the reality in healthcare is most physicians and nurses go through their training, get educated, uh, have mentors that they learn from, and then they go and practice that same practice pattern for the next 10 to 20 years. And that's where some who are very conscientious of it, you know, try to keep up with the guidelines, try to read uh, what their medical societies are publishing as, as often as they can, but it's hard. Um, and that's where uh, an example of where something like generative AI or chat GPT can help in the future, because, um, you know, if, if we can give them those periodic summaries in, in bite-sized pieces, um, or if we can build software that in real time in the electronic health records is saying, 
hey, you have a patient with a massive PE who's pregnant. Here's the outcome data based on the data set that we have access to on, on what the outcomes are and the risks are if you treat this patient with X, Y, or Z therapy. That's where this is going, and that's where this is going to become much more data-driven based off of real-world data and lead to better outcomes. We're talking with Dr. Brian Fingler, co-founder, chief medical officer of Evidence Care. Dr. Fingler, we're going to take a quick commercial break here from our fantastic sponsor, Freedom Doc. Physician burnout is a killer. It is driving our best and brightest out of medicine. The only solution to burnout is to be your own boss. The easiest way to be your own boss is to join the Freedom Doc Physician Network. Freedom Doc is a unified brand that will fully finance your practice so that you can enjoy a healthier lifestyle, take better care of patients, and spend more time with your family. You focus on patients, Freedom Doc focus on your business. So if you're ready to be your own boss, visit our website, freedomdoc.care, to learn more and schedule a consultation with one of our experts, Freedom Doc Accessible Concierge Healthcare. Once again, we're back talking with Dr. Brian Fangler. Dr. Fangler, we spent a lot of time talking about you know, Evidence Care, your company that you started, you co-founded, how you stay really relevant in a lot of different um, you know, medical specialties. And so you know, one follow-up question to that is, who's your main consumer audience? What type of physicians are grabbing this and saying, oh my God, this is a, this is a game changer? Yeah. So because we focused our energies on sort of those that acute care market, you know, uh, hospital based care, our clients right now are actually the, the hospitals and the health systems. And so some of the initiatives or priorities that those health systems may have when they come looking for a tool like evidence care is, you know, that maybe our physicians are overutilizing you know, imaging or labs, and that's increasing our cost of care. Um, maybe we're having throughput issues, so our, our length of stay is too long. Maybe uh, our physician documentation, you know, isn't where it should be. Or um, we have a partnership with Moffitt Cancer Center where we have cancer pathways. Um, so maybe we have a we have a oncology service line, but their standard of care hasn't really been put in place, and so we have oncologists who are practicing different management of patients based on their own personal practice patterns as opposed to, um, you know, what the standard of care should be. And so those health systems would come to us because they're looking for software that can help the physicians make better care decisions. A little bit of the journey that we've learned is, you know, we started this off sort of altruistically. We want to help take better care of patients. Um, And then we realized that's amazing. um, But where's the money for the health systems. (laughs) Um, And so we actually had to sort of continue to build out our software so that not only are we tracking the patient outcomes in terms of care um, and patient-centric outcomes, but also tracking operational outcomes like throughput, length of stay, cost of care, um, and then actually being able to attribute back a, a financial ROI so that when the health system is using our tool and the doctors are delivering better care, we are also at the same time tracking how we are generating more revenue for the health system or decreasing their cost of care. Um, Because the number one initiative for almost every health system in America right now is margins. Um, For the last 18 months, margins for most health systems have been either negative or flat. There's been a lot of projections by economists saying that 
margins for health systems will stay flat for the next two or three years, and they're not sure how health systems can survive with flat margins. And so we have to address the cost of care issue. We have to address how we help the physicians make better care decisions that are appropriate for that patient, but are also, you know, being good stewards of healthcare resources and not over-consuming resources. I think you might have some people who, who hit the rewind button on what you just said there, because a lot of people are saying, well, we're not the doctors to blame. It's, you know, a lot of the hospitals are struggling because they've made really bad investments. I know there's a couple, there's big hospital systems in my area that lost a ton of money in the stock market, yet they're asking taxpayers to go back and revisit and, and help reimburse them at the same point. Very bloated administration. And you know, what drives me nuts personally, uh, Dr. Fangler was in someone, hospital quotes me, a percentage of Medicare for their prices. And I'm like, no, what's your cost? Well, we don't know. Okay. All right. So yeah, I don't know if you're going to get a lot of sympathy on the hospital standpoint right there. I think uh, I think your mission is very noble. Like I, We need it, obviously. I'm curious, are there any specialties that say, yes, I want to use this every single day versus any specialties that say, eh, no, thanks? Yeah. So, our, so my background is I'm an emergency room physician, our primary users of our tools um, are emergency physicians and hospitalists for sort of our core platform and tools, oncologists for our oncology pathways. But I think if we looked at it from a volume perspective, you know, probably 95% of our users right now are either emergency physicians or hospitalists. And that just is sort of the way our healthcare system right now, the, the ER is the front door of the hospital, depending on your hospital, anywhere from 60 to 80% of the patients who get admitted to the hospital came in through the ED and then got admitted up to the hospital. Um, And so that's where most of those utilization and throughput and length of stay issues crop up um, in terms of patient flow through a, through a hospital. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, that that's we gotta change behaviors. I think is, is is the key on that one. So totally sympathetic to what you're saying about the ERs uh, being far overutilized. So I, I want to ask you, you know, last question for you here. You know, do you see evidence care ever moving into primary care? And the reason why I'm asking is, can this help in the direct primary care world because it's growing like crazy? You have more time with a patient. I can see a lot of really good usage for this type of a tool where it's very collaborative between a doctor and a patient to be able to say, well, it could be this, this, or this. We actually have time to explore everything. Do you ever see a move into primary care happening? We do. So we, um, we're we already working on tools in sort of population health market and, and how we help the physicians in those circumstances make sure that um, you know they're managing that patient's diabetes or COPD or CHF appropriately. Obviously, a lot of times that may be tied with a health system or a payer who's looking at, you know, how do we decrease total cost of care for that patient? How do we help them stay healthy so that they don't end up need, needing to go to the emergency room or needing to go to the hospital? So that's that's sort of where we are starting to go now with some of those care recommendations and pathways that would be applicable to sort of that population health market. I lied. That was not the last question. So I have one more question. This is something you said early on in the episode. Do you ever see a future where interoperability is actually realistic? I think we're getting there slowly. So I'll, I'll say yes. I think 
you know, there's so much consolidation already in the hospital market of smaller hospitals getting bought by bigger health systems. I don't know if you saw, there's just an article this week talking about how Epic is sort of taking market share from other uh, other EHR vendors. Um, and so I think, you know, the reality is Epic's going to start having more and more patient lives managed within that platform. And so I think more and more as you start to look at what ambulatory EHR vendors are out there, they're going to sort of develop their standards to, hey, we need to be able to send data back and forth with Epic. Um, And whether they're doing that via Fire or whether they're doing that through, you know, um, some Epic proprietary API, um, at the end of the day, if if it's getting the data to that patient, you know, if they end up needing to be hospitalized, then we're passing data the way it needs to be managed. Another point I'll make on this is, and I'm still, I, I'm, I don't know if it, we just weren't ready for it, but a lot of the big, we're talking now Microsoft, Google, they've come up with their patient portable records. You know, I'm going to own my record. It's on my phone. It's in my Microsoft or Google app. And they did that 10 years ago. And maybe the market just wasn't ready for it. But I still see a day where a patient has their medical record on their phone and whether they're walking into their doctor's office or the hospital, that data is accessible and shareable. Um, And at that point, it's going to require all the EHR vendors to be able to communicate and handle that data in the same format. I love the idea of decentralized health data. I mean, we've that is so badly needed for people to take charge of their health and, and know what's actually going on and avoid medical errors from the physician side of it. And, you know, my heart always goes out when I hear stories of a doctor saying, yeah, this person came in, didn't tell me that they were on this other medication over there. didn't have time to figure it out and all the bad things that happened from that. Right. So yeah. it's real. Yeah. And had a bad medication error. Yep. yep. You got it. Dr. Brian Fangler, thanks for joining us here on Healthcare Americana and, and Dr. Brian Fangler with Evidence Care, the co-founder and chief medical officer. So there we go. Let me uh, let me not forget my manners there. So Doc, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. Wish you all the best. Thanks, Chris. That's going to do it for this episode of Healthcare Americana. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform. Check us out online at healthcareamericana.com to catch previous episodes. Subscribe to our mailing list and visit our online store. Once again, I am your host, Christopher Habig. Thanks for listening. Check out healthcareamericana.com to hear all of our episodes. Visit the shop and learn more about the podcast. Healthcare Americana is produced and managed by Taylor Scott and iPodcast Pro. Healthcare Americana is brought to you by Freedom HealthWorks and Freedom Doc. If you've been struggling to get the care you need and the access you want, it's time to join your local Freedom Doc. Visit freedomdoc.care to find the practice location nearest you. Whether you're a patient, employer, or physician, the Free Market Medical Association can facilitate and assist you in your free market healthcare journey. The foundation of our association is built upon three pillars, price, value, and equality, with complete transparency in everything we do. Our goal is simple, match willing buyers with willing sellers of valuable healthcare services. Join us and help accelerate the growth of the free market healthcare revolution. For more information on the Free Market Medical Association, visit fmma.org. Hi again, everyone. This is Chris.
At Healthcare Americana, we're always on the lookout for great stories to tell in the healthcare industry. And we'd like to hear yours. Check out healthcareamericana.com and send us your ideas for episodes or if you'd like to be a guest. Thanks again for listening. Hope you enjoy it.